0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, July 27, 2020. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. As coronavirus cases continue to climb in Alaska, public health officials have a better picture of how the disease is spreading in the state, and it points to our collective behavior. But modifying or changing risky behavior is not hard and could go a long way towards bringing the pandemic under control. KCAW's Robert Woolsey joined a recent teleconference with the state's top doctors to learn more.
1: In the week of July 12th, the total number of coronavirus cases in Alaska rose by over a quarter. That's in just one week alone. While there were three major outbreaks in seafood processors, they were more or less contained on the ships or in the plants where they occurred. By far, the steady growth in Alaska's case count has come from residents. Dr. Ann Zink, the state's chief medical officer, just that morning had tacked a quote from the Journal of the American Medical Association to her wall.
0: Communicable diseases do not respect boundaries, but they also do not affect all members of our society equally. Uh, And I think that uh, this uh, just highlights that again um, and how this disease can't, it really does not respect boundaries. It's not an us or them disease, it's all of us.
1: Zinc said that where COVID 19 is occurring in Alaskan communities and residents are not wearing masks and practicing social distancing, we are expecting it to continue to move between people. And the coronavirus is moving among residents who have been here all along, hunkered down since March. The difference is our behavior then and now. In its case summary for the week of July 12th, the Department of Health and Social Services says most new infections in Alaska are acquired from other Alaskans who have not traveled. The disease is being spread at backyard barbecues, funerals, weddings, children's sporting events, camps, churches, and any time groups gather with others outside their household. No one expected the state's infection rate to stay flat or decline after Governor Mike Dunleavy allowed a progressive reopening of businesses at the end of May. But is this the spike doctors warned us about, or something more? Dr. Zink believes there is no way to isolate Alaska as a state from national trends. This is Zink followed by Dr. Joe McLaughlin, the state epidemiologist.
0: As we've seen a surge of cases in the lower 48, we have seen cases up here. Um, I think we've all hoped that we wouldn't see as many cases, um, but it really depends on what's happening nationally and internationally. And in general, we do expect more cases if people are mixing together in close contact, not wearing facial coverings uh, when they're near other people at our current projection, we would expect the cases to continue to climb if uh, Alaskans don't change the way that they are interacting uh, regarding COVID. Dr. McLaughlin? Yeah,
1: I know everybody would love to have a crystal ball with this uh, particular epidemic, but, but we don't. And so what we knew is that when uh, restrictions were easing up, We knew we were going to see more cases. We just didn't know how many. COVID's exceptional ability to spread is causing medical experts to retool some of their thinking about risk. Contact tracers, for example, now try to identify anyone who's been within six feet of an infected person for at least 15 minutes, regardless of whether one or both were wearing masks. The DHSS sees community transmission occurring in almost every business type that involves in-person interaction. Dr. McLaughlin says personal decisions may play a larger role in controlling coronavirus from now on. If you're about to enter into a public place and you look inside and it's really crowded, I probably wouldn't go in unless you absolutely have to. Other data from the DHSS weekly report indicate that the hotspot in Alaska has now shifted to Fairbanks, which has the highest infection rate, and also the state's most recent death. The demographics of COVID are also shifting, with the majority of new cases in the state occurring in people between the ages of 20 and 29, which Dr. Zink says is the reason why hospitalizations are not increasing at the same rate as infections. A good thing, since there is not much excess capacity in Alaska's hospitals, even under normal conditions. Perhaps hoping for some buy-in from this crowd, Zink called contact tracing a team sport, and as always, she encouraged small social circles, hand-washing, and face coverings, saying, you're on the front lines, and we on the Epi team are the coaches. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: The town of Teneke Springs is now requiring people to wear masks in any buildings open to the public. The Teneke City Council passed the ordinance unanimously Thursday afternoon to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. They currently have no confirmed cases. The ordinance includes all outdoor public areas where people are unable to socially distance and inside public buildings and businesses, including the town's well-known bathhouse. The indoor mineral spring is still open to the public despite limited ventilation and a lack of regular cleaning or sanitation. How the community will enforce this new requirement is unclear. It has no local law enforcement. At Thursday's meeting, Tennecke City Council Member Rudy Zeal expressed concern about enforcement falling on private citizens and local businesses.
1: But I think the people that aren't going to wear masks aren't going to wear masks. The city's not going to enforce it. And what the city's asking people to do is they're asking businesses to have their employees enforce our rule.
0: Tenecke's mayor, Dan Kennedy, said he wished the state or the federal government would pass mandates instead of it falling on local leadership.
2: You know, what I'd like to see is some leadership from above. If our governor would make it a statewide mandate, it would take a lot of strain off everybody. And if our president would make it a national mandate, it would take a lot of strain off everybody and everyone would be safer.
0: Teneke is the latest Alaska community to enact a mask requirement, joining cities like Juneau, Anchorage, and Gustavus. Alaska's coronavirus case count has spiked recently, and the virus is popping up in more remote parts of the state. Teneke Springs is still requesting that anyone arriving from outside of the community to quarantine for two weeks upon arrival. Over the last month, the City of Sitka and Sitka Tribe of Alaska have already received thousands of applications for Federal CARES Act funding. The Utility Department has received over 1,500 applications for its subsidy program, which will dole out $1,000 per household utility account and $3,000 to each business experiencing economic hardship due to the coronavirus pandemic. That's according to an email to KCAW from City staff. Over 400 people have applied for the mortgage subsidy. Recipients will get a one time payment to their accounts equal to the cost of mortgage for one quarter of the calendar year. Sitkins have less than a week left to apply for the mortgage and utility subsidies, which are due on Friday, July 31st. Applications can be filled out online or in person at the Sitka Utility Office. The funding available for tribal citizens has been in high demand, too, according to a press release from Sitka Tribe. STA has received around 1,800 applications for its COVID-19 emergency funds. $250 per tribal citizen, plus $1,500 to local households, or $500 to households outside of Sitka. According to the release, tribal citizens should expect longer processing time than the originally expected three weeks. The tribe will accept applications through September 30th. Both the city and the tribe will distribute more relief funding in the coming weeks through various programs. The Sitka Assembly will consider the final approval of its CARES Act budget when it meets on Tuesday night. In Ketchikan, nine people have tested positive for the coronavirus in the past seven days. As KRBD's Eric Stone reports, the top emergency official in Ketchikan says he's concerned, and if the situation gets worse, he says he may recommend another stay-at-home advisory.
3: Abner Hogue directs Ketchikan's local response to the coronavirus pandemic.
2: If we see this continue to climb uh, as we have this week, if that were to continue into next week, you will find me going to uh, the mayors and asking them to declare uh, an emergency again, potentially, where we're asking people to hunker down. And I don't want to get to that point.
3: To avoid another shutdown, Hogue asks residents to double down on pandemic precautions. That means a renewed focus on physical distancing, mask wearing when distancing isn't possible, and of course, hand washing. And Hogue says he'd also like to see residents make fewer trips out of the house.
2: So if we all do our part and and reduce some of those activities for the next few days, we can slow down that potential spread that's out there, get a good handle on it.
3: Ketchikan's Emergency Operations Center announced a total of three new cases of COVID-19 in residents on Wednesday and Thursday. Officials say one likely acquired the virus out of state. Hogue says the source of the remaining two positive cases, who live together, remains under investigation. Local officials say the cases announced in the last week have yet to recover, leaving nine active coronavirus cases in Ketchikan.
2: Until something changes significantly that lets us get out of this situation, we want to be able to continue with our lives somewhat. And, and I think we've been able to do that for the past many weeks. Um, we just can't let it get ahead of us too far.
3: Hogue says Ketchikan's Emergency Operations Center is working on criteria to determine the pandemic risk level of the community. Those criteria could include things like the total number of coronavirus cases in Ketchikan, the virus's spread within the community, and the fraction of COVID-19 tests that come back positive, or what epidemiologists call the test positivity rate. Ketchikan School District Superintendent Beth Lougie said recently that that guidance will help district officials determine how to best resume schooling in September. It's not yet clear when the guidance will be made public, but Hogue says a draft of the criteria will likely be available before Monday's planned town halls on the school district's reopening plans. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone.
0: Taking a look at the community calendar. The Sawmill Creek Campground is temporarily closed for camping due to a food-conditioned bear frequenting the campground. Measures have been taken to close trash and food storage receptacles for public use. Day users of the area need to pack out all trash. Sitka National Historical Park public restrooms are now open from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. daily. For additional information, go to nps.gov sitk or call 747-0132. Alzheimer's Resource of Alaska holds a webinar on how music is a powerful tool and how to integrate it into daily caregiving, today at 1 p.m. Visit alsalaska.org for information on the session. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.